Today, we are going to discuss the starting pitching free agent market and who could be a potential fit for the Detroit Tigers. All today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Be sure to check out the SiriusXM app. All you have to do is search any team. And if the team's playing tonight, you can search the Red Wings, Lions, etc., and then straight from the app, you can get the home radio broadcast for that team anytime, anywhere. Very cool feature and a very cool app, the Sirius XM app. So uh, today we're going to discuss starting pitching free agency. It's going to be the entire, entire, entire episode outside of like two seconds about Spencer Turnbull, who's a starting pitcher that's a free agent. So scratch that 100% of this is going to be about starting pitching free agency. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just I feel like this is the time, and I feel like the Nola signing uh, kind of did I spell ramifications right? I did. Look at that. Um, is it, like the first domino to fall, and I think that that is a a signing where a lot are going to follow. Now we're already seeing some Lance Lynn going back to the Cardinals. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez it sounds like they're. Going to try to stretch him out into being a starter again. Uh, was one of the better relievers listed on the free agent market. So we'll see what the future holds for him. But uh, it's just like NOLA happened, and now we're seeing starting pitching uh, getting signed. And then, so I wanted to make sure that we had a conversation about what starting pitchers are kind of on my radar or on other people's radar or just in general could be on your own radar for the Detroit Tigers to have interest in. Okay. Cool. So that's what this entire, we're just going to throw out some names, just kind of riff about some players, whether they're a fit, whether they're not, you know, money, et cetera, et cetera. Then at the end, we'll kind of give somewhat, not an exact name for name because, you know, the free agent pitching market is huge, but uh, we'll give some sort of, uh, you know, what the 2024 rotation could look like, you know, on, on November 21st, talking about that, obviously a little fortuitous, but uh, let's talk about Spencer Turnbull for two seconds. Uh, it was announced by the players union on Monday. So yesterday, as most of you are listening to this, that uh, the club, the Tigers have agreed that both of his injury stints uh, were injuries and that they were not options. So they have reversed one of the options, the one in August, the option in August, uh, the, the Tigers have agreed to reverse it so that it is an IL stint and not a, um, not an option. And so he will get an extra year of service. He now played all of 2023 technically under major league service time, which affects, you know, contract and, and eligibility and whatnot. Um, he is a free agent. So that he got non-tendered. We knew that. Just a, a very interesting cherry on top to a ridiculous development. Um, wishing Turnbull nothing but the best. Let's talk about some starting pitchers that are on the free agent market that the Tigers might actually have some interest in. 
I want to start with Aaron Nola. Uh, Nola, I always get him and his brother, their first names mixed up. So if I accidentally flip them around, just bear with me. Um, but uh, he is going to stay in Philly for twenty, about 24 and a half mil a year for seven years. The AAV with that, I don't mind at all. I think Nola is a premier pitcher. And I know that his strikeout numbers weren't fantastic in 2023, but uh, he is just always going to go out there and give you close to 200 innings. And in a game where innings have never been at more of a premium than they are, like have never been more needed, like that the the art of, you know, the, the 2014 Tigers might have been one of the last great, like, rotations where everybody is going to pitch a ton of innings. Like that era is just, we're, we're past it. So, I have no issue giving Nola 24 and a half mil a year. I genuinely don't. I know some people freak out at that notion. I I, I don't because uh, he's going to be a workhorse. He's going to give you good ball, competitive baseball for a lot of innings. Uh, he's 31 and giving him seven years. That's that's wild. Uh, that's that's a Dombrowski special. We saw that with him when he was here. We saw it in Boston. They're dealing with the ramifications of that now. That is how Dave Dombrowski manages uh, or, or runs teams and he wins <laughs> he wins um I, and I know some people look at the the aftermath that he has left wherever he's gone and and complain about it I don't because he's a winner man he he wins everywhere he goes so uh we will see how that works out again I I am not losing sleep over the Tigers not giving him seven years uh, the, the, the year to year, the AAV, I don't have too much of an issue with, but the, it's a lot of years. And the reason I bring that up is because I think it's the first domino to fall. I think now maybe not the like super, super big names like Blake Snell or like Yamamoto, certainly Otani, if you want to group him in with starting pitchers, but, and not DHs, but either way, Otani's kind of in his own world. He doesn't really have to worry about the, the market being set by anybody else. He, he sets his own market, but for all the other pitchers there, you know, the, the guys that are better than him maybe are going to continue to wait out here, maybe, you know, see what happens in winter meetings and whatnot. Um, but a lot of the guys that are kind of below NOLA on the pecking order, those guys are going to start signing now because the market has, quote unquote, been set. And so I think it's important to kind of talk about who is possible to be on the Tigers' radar. And, and I wanted to do that now just because the NOLA signing happened. And I think that that's a good indication that there's going to be some signings here pretty quickly over the next couple of weeks. So um, we're going to start with Seth Lugo. The reason why is because John Morosi put out a report that the Detroit Tigers were in, were checking in, I think is the terminology he used on Lance Lynn before he signed with the St. Louis Cardinals and also have interest in Seth Lugo. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad we don't have Lance Lynn. I guess we can start with that. Uh, I'm glad Lance Lynn is not on my baseball team. Nothing personal, obviously. I don't know the dude, but uh, last year he took pretty big steps back uh, on the mound, and so I, I, I'm, I'm glad that if that is, if that report is true, which we have no idea of knowing, you know how how true it is. I don't think Morosi would just put out misinformation, but. Um, you know, kind of hit or miss historically. So uh, w w w I don't know, but I'm glad that Lance Lynn is a Cardinal and not a Tiger. Okay, we'll start with that. Now, the second half of that is Seth Lugo. And, you know, this is a pretty fascinating place to start because Seth Lugo has had a rather fascinating, there's the word fascinating again, career. Uh, Seth Lugo had 
he, he was a starter coming up and then he was starting most games when he was younger, was using the pen sometimes. And then 2020 happened and he had a rough shortened season with the Mets. And ever since then, he has been a reliever until 2023 when for the first time in his career, he did not come out of the bullpen for a single game the entire season. Uh, he started 26 games for the San Diego Padres and played in 26 games, had 146 innings pitched, 140 strikeouts, a 1.2 whip. Uh, now, the underlying numbers aren't like uber fantastic, but he had a 3.57 ERA. It's a pretty important stat to just leave out there. Good job, Bentley. Um, but yeah, 3.57 ERA, a 3.6 ERA in 2022, exclusively coming out of the bullpen for 65 innings. And then in 2021, had a 3.5 ERA exclusively coming out of the bullpen in 46 innings. So the workload increased by like almost 100 innings from what he had been doing the previous two seasons. And yet still, the ERA was exactly the same as it was when he was coming out of the pen. 3-5, and now this past year, 3-5-7. So, uh, I mean, I I don't hate it. Uh, is it like this game-changing signing that, you know, like we're bringing in a guy who's going to be an all-star or a Cy Young candidate? No, but I I don't hate it as a middle, re- middle relief. Middle rotation, rather arm. We'll talk about a little bit more of the profile here on the other side of the break, but first I got to tell y'all about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the best in the business. We talk about them all the time and you can score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. It's also Thanksgiving's right around the corner, and they always have so many fun Turkey Day props for football. Obviously, the Detroit Lions are going to be a big part of that, as they always are. Just a really, really fun time to get in on the action at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back tomorrow. We got some more off-season stuff to talk about uh, a few more positional groups to go over a few more strategy things to talk about, et cetera, et cetera. As we slowly, but surely inch our way towards winter meetings in December and uh, some moves are bound to happen. So we'll obviously keep an eye on those moves happening around the league. Hopefully some happening with the Detroit Tigers at 37 men currently on the 40 man roster with still plenty of players that are expendable. Um, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun time of year. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, Let's talk about Seth Lugo a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the profile makes sense in terms of, you know, like Michael Lorenzen was a big reliever and then got an opportunity to start in L.A. and then was an all-star for the Detroit Tigers. That's like almost exactly what Seth Lugo has done. Lugo a little bit older. He is 34. I believe Lorenzen was like 30 or 31. Uh, So a few years of an age gap there. The big difference here, though, is that uh, Lorenzen never had really at 
any point as a starter in his career uh, had like really low walk numbers, at least like consistently. He would maybe do it for a couple stretches at a time, but getting that over the course of a full season was somewhat rare for Lorenzen, whereas Seth Lugo has a history of putting up low walk rates throughout a whole season. And I don't bring, just bring that up because I like it. I'm going to continue. You're going to hear me say that a million times this episode. We're going to talk about pitchers that have low walk rates because that is very clearly what this front office likes. Um, so just when trying to game plan for, you know, like who could be a good fit with the Detroit Tigers, somebody with a low walk rate is a great place to start. Okay. And Lugo was in the 83rd percentile amongst all qualified starting pitchers this past season with a, just a 6% walk rate. That's really solid. Uh, ground ball rate, well over 50% as well. 66, well over the 50th percentile rather in the 66th percentile, the percentage itself was 45 and a half percent. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have like the crazy swing and miss strikeout stuff that he like pre COVID. There was a solid two year stretch there where Seth Lugo now uh, was, was a pretty legitimate swing and miss guy. Uh, doesn't have that nearly as much anymore as he has gotten up there in age. And as the velocity has fallen off, his fastball velocity was 93 miles an hour this past season. Uh, but still almost exactly 50th percentile in K rate. So has the ability like league average strikeout stuff doesn't allow walks, gets ground balls. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that this, and again, we're, I'm, not, I'm not trying to hype this dude up to like, we're bringing in Seth Lugo. He's going to, he, he's going to overtake Scooble at top of the rotation. This is a guy who's going to like be your third, probably more likely fourth arm in the rotation. Um, but if you get sub four ERA, which he's done for the last three years in a row, you get sub four ERA baseball out of your third or fourth arm in the rotation. He doesn't allow walks. That's a massive win. And that's something that, again, this organization with now like start, like starting to gain a track record of doing this. And Michael Lorenzen last year obviously was a prime example of that. So uh, Seth Lugo, someone to keep an eye out for just because of the Morosi report. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the players from Japan that are coming over. Uh, there's a couple of really intriguing names. We talked about Yamamoto yesterday. The Tigers, quote unquote, have interest in Yamamoto. My response was, I also have interest in being a millionaire. Like, I, that's that's great. Uh, I do not, until I see it happen, which which like maybe maybe this is too um, too pessimistic. Uh, but until I see the Tigers show any ounce of willingness to give out like a you know fat contract that this dude's going to want and 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 earn. By the way, he is phenomenal. He is he is very talented. He is he is a fantastic pitcher. Um, he, he's going to earn every dollar he gets from wherever he gets it from. Uh, but until we have any any evidence that that's like possible. Uh, I'm just going to hesitate to be like, okay, interest is anything more than just like the Tigers being interested in one of the best players on the market, which like they should be. So we'll see what happens. Not trying to, you know, smack anybody's Cheerio bowl out of their hand, but uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard to trust, but like, you know what I mean? Like we, we haven't seen any evidence that, that this front office is, is willing to go out and, and pay a guy like that yet. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the other, there is another pitcher from Japan that I am also rather interested in, in Shota Imanaga. And he is, 
kind of like a prototype pitcher, dare I say, of what this front office, I think, wants out of a pitcher. Um, I, I do have some concerns, and there's a reason that he is not as highly regarded as Yamamoto. One, he's 30. Yamamoto's still very young. I believe he's 25. So big difference in age there. Obviously, will uh, be a big reason for a, a gap in contract between the two. But uh, I, also, just pitch style. Um, Imanaga is not as much of a like prolific strikeout artist. As Yamamoto is, Yamamoto has a splitter that is very fast and he throws very hard and he gets a lot of strikeouts with it. And while Imanaga is not a low strikeout guy, uh, it's certainly less than the the ceiling that Yamamoto has in that regard. So uh, some of the concerns I have, he's a lefty, 30 years old, uh, tops out at like 92 miles an hour on the radar gun. Uh, So there is some concerns about, I don't even call them concerns, but just questions rather about uh how often is he going to be able to get swings and misses in in MLB right like how what are his strikeout numbers what are his whiff numbers going to look like uh over here in in America so that is is something to keep an eye out for but this dude doesn't walk anybody ever he has a redonkulously low walk rate uh his, his walk per nine last season was like one and a half. That's astronomically low, like, like laughably low. Like you giggle when you see it, you're like, wow, he watched 24 people all season. That's phenomenal. So, uh, he, he has, he's a command first guy, not going to blow you away, has a splitter, uh, has the ability again, like his strikeout numbers. I'm not trying to make it sound like his K rate was super low. It wasn't right. Like he, he got a decent amount. It's just, uh, the, the translation from there to here is maybe a, a little bit of a question mark for some people. And then just in general, there's just the, you know, you're a soft tossing. He's a lefty, which always helps, but you're a soft tosser. Just how is that going to translate? Are people going to be able to square you up, hit you hard, etc.? cetera? So um, not as high of a ceiling, obviously a little bit older. There's a, uh, several things that do- make him not Yamamoto, but uh, Harris has cited so many times that he really wants to start this pipeline from Japan to Detroit, Michigan, and, and wants a lot of, you know, for us to be much more prevalent and active in the international market when it comes to Japan. There's a lot of really talented baseball players that are coming from that league. I think it's probably the second best league in the world. Like the, there are a lot of talented guys and, and, the number's only going up. We're only getting more and more talented and a higher, a, a bigger like number of players as well as we go along, right? Sazaki is is around the corner. Uh, there's a, a kid who made history. He's coming over to co- come to and go to college in America. He's like one of the, the best hitting prospects Japan has ever seen at only like 17 years old. Like there's a lot of really talented dudes over there. And, and the Tigers have just never been a player in that market literally ever. So uh, I, I I think that if you're not going to spend the big money on Yamamoto, I think Imanaga is like a perfect fit for the Detroit Tigers, to be completely honest with you. And there's been some other people. I know Evan Petzold of the Freep ha- has been uh, very vocal about that as well. There's a couple of other articles out there by some other people that are really fond of uh, of Imanaga. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's a great way to get your foot in the door with the the, the Japanese market while also getting a guy that exactly fits your profile. Soft-tossing lefties tend to age well, 
right? Because they're not reliant on velocity. They're, they're more of pitchers than throwers. So they have more longevity. You're not putting as much pressure on the arm. Uh, I think you could give this dude a three-year deal, four-year deal even, and feel really good about it. And is he going to be an ace ever? No. But you're not bringing him in to be the ace. You're not going to pay him to be the ace, right? You, you're going to go out there and you're going to bring him in and he's going to be the third man in your rotation for the next four years. And I, I think that that's a, that's a high floor, even if the ceiling isn't as high as maybe, you know, gets all, all the people excited. Those high floor moves are really important too. I, I, I really, really, really like Imanaga and I, I hope that he's at least on the Tigers' radar. Uh, and, and he fits the profile, again, of what this team wants to do perfectly. So something to keep an eye out for there. Let's talk about some of the other people that are on the uh, the free agent market here. I'm going to throw some names at you. We'll riff about them for a little bit, and then I'll let you go about your Tuesday. All right, we'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. Uh, let's talk about some starting pitchers. So uh, we can kind of start in segment three. We're going to start by uh, by talking about Blake Snell and Sonny Gray. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect the Tigers to be players in this market, so it's a pretty short conversation. Uh, I, I, I think Sonny Gray is... 34 years old. I think the Tigers are probably looking for, if they're going to spend big money, they want more of a guaranteed long-term investment. Uh, I think that if they're going to go after a guy that's in his mid-30s, that's probably more of a likely one- or two-year deal. We'll talk about some of those here down the road. Um, I just don't expect them to be big players in the sunny sunny gray market. And Blake Smell, (laughs) Blake Smell, no disrespect. Blake Snell is a dog. Uh, Blake Snell is just the exact opposite of what like the Detroit Tigers formula is <laughs> like he he walks everyone uh but he also has a ton of strikeouts and doesn't give up hits so it, it's it's he's like the if you had three true outcomes in the form of a pitcher instead of a hitter it's Blake Snell like everything is is a strikeout or a walk. And I just feel like given the inconsistencies with his innings pitched, given the inconsistencies with that walk rate, I, I can't imagine that uh, a front office led by Scott Harris is going to have too much interest in Blake Snell, despite the fantastic season he had, obviously taking home the Cy Young, which I think he deserved, by the way, no disrespect. Um, okay. So we got the kind of the top dogs out there. Jordan Montgomery, I, I would be over the moon. Uh, about this is a dude who in his last three years 383 ERA 348 ERA 320 ERA 30 starts 32 starts 32 starts that's 157 innings 178 innings 188 innings plus postseason um at only 30 years old I would I I would be thrilled uh, to get a guy who has been a sub four ERA pitcher the last three years a sub three five ERA pitcher the last two years and has given you 180 or more innings the last two years and 150 or more innings the last three. This is like, and and he's a lefty. And he doesn't walk people. 82nd percentile in walk rate. This is just like the perfect example of what this team needs. Um, Montgomery is is not 
Again, none of these guys we talk about from here on out. Let's just bring it up right now so I don't have to keep saying after everybody. I'm not advocating for any of these dudes to be brought in and be like the $200 million man that's going to be the ace of the team. Okay? We, we passed those guys. We're on to we're, – we're on to uh, – and like Imanaga I also said wasn't. Uh, but we passed like the big names. We're into the, the middle rotation arms. Jordan Montgomery would be a phenomenal middle rotation arm for this baseball team. And again – Saw non-velocity reliant lefty, you could sign him to three or four years at 30 years old and feel absolutely great about it. Um, I I would be over the moon with a guy like uh, like Jordan Montgomery. And if any of these guys are signed, we'll go way more in depth on them uh, as well, for sure. We'll obviously do like a player breakdown like we were during the playoffs uh, with any new acquisitions that we have. So Montgomery's a big one. He's going to have a big market though. Maybe the Tigers don't want to fork over the amount of money that he might end up being demanded. Let's take a look at some of the like middle, more like solidified middle rotation arms that are, you know, in one to two year deal category. Uh, Michael Waka is a guy that I think the Tigers could have interest in. Uh, Waka is, I mean, this past year, 3-2-2 ERA in 134 innings. That's pretty darn good. 3-3-2 ERA in 2022 with 127 innings. Uh, not a huge strikeout guy, but a, around a league average clip in strikeouts. Uh, was slightly above average in walk rate. Uh, this past season, like he, he's had to reinvent himself a few times in his career, which I give him a lot of credit for. Um, I, I think that uh, for a fastball, that is, again, kind of like – a little lesser in velocity, 92, 93 miles an hour. Um, having it grayed out so well uh, the last couple of years is wildly impressive. Um, but yeah, fastball changeup cutter uh, with a little bit of a curveball in there as well. I just think he's a well-rounded guy. Uh, even if his ERA goes up half a run, even if it goes up like, like I, I would pay Michael Waka or Seth Lugo or a lot of these guys, you know, one or two year deals just to have like three, nine to four ERAs. Like that would be worth it to me if they stayed healthy and pitched the entire season. Um, so Waka is a guy that I think could be on some people's radar. Oh, we're going to save him for last because I really like him a lot. Uh, Alex Wood, a guy that is a lefty, played for the Giants this past year, 4-3-3 ERA. Did come out of the pen quite a lot, uh, so he'd be a guy that – but it was like a starter the rest of his career. So he he's kind of a, a, a guy who maybe his market is lessered because he was out of the bullpen for a little bit, for a majority rather, of last season. Uh, and when he's been at his best throughout his career, it has been in the years when he doesn't allow walks and he's been at his worst in the years when he does allow a ton of walks. Um, so, you know, you got to make sure you're you're getting the version that you want. Uh, however, 32 years old, uh, and, and we're looking at a lot of lefties here early on also because there's not a lot of guaranteed lefties on this roster, right? Like the in this rotation, bullpen, et cetera, like you lost Tyler Alexander, that's fine. You lost Erod, fine. If you can replace them, great. That's dandy. You, you don't have very many lefties, <laughs> like just period. On this entire 40-man roster, you do not have very many left-handed pitchers. It, it's, a, it's a very small number now. So now that's kind of why I'm, I'm gravitating toward uh, trying to add a lefty starting pitcher as well. I think that that would probably be in the Tigers' best interest. Um, so Alex Wood, somebody I have an eye on. Everybody and their mother has asked me about Luis Severino. 
obviously a, a, a disastrous year this past season, a 6.65 ERA and 89 in the third innings pitched. Uh, high velocity guy had like really good stuff when he was coming up through the system in his early years. And I think every team is just kind of looking around going, who's going to be the one to quote unquote, fix this guy. Uh, he is tw only 29 years old, still has a fastball that tops out at, you know, 97 miles an hour when he's feeling himself. Like there, there's still a, a good pitcher in here. He, he didn't allow a ton of walks. He had a decent ground ball rate. He still got some chases, just could not finish guys off. Had, had very, very poor K numbers this past season and gave up a boatload of hard contact. Um, I, I'm not going to like demand that the Tigers are interested in Luis Severino, but if they announced tomorrow that they were, I think that would be a really, really fun and interesting Chris Fetter project uh, and Robin Lund and Juan Nieves, et cetera. So uh, someone to keep an eye out for there. His market's going to be pretty fascinating. Lucas Giolito, someone I brought up uh, a couple of weeks ago in like early talks we had about maybe who could be interested in starting pitching. Really the thing here is just like his changeup is just like so good to me still that it's impossible to just look at him and just be like, yeah, no, like a hundred percent. No, uh, he still gets swings and misses with it. He still has decent K numbers. The Tigers really like guys that have big extensions uh, and Lucas Giolito's a massive human six, six, like he's going to have a big extension. That's something that, uh, that the, the Tigers have shown that they uh, can kind of appreciate and like, yeah, I mean, he's been he, his last two years, 4-8 ERA and 4-9. Uh, certainly not going to you know pound my fist on the table in demand for us to bring this dude in. If they don't think there's anything there, they don't think there's anything there. But uh, he just has one pitch that's still such a plus pitch to me that I feel like somebody, and again, at only 29 years old for him, is going to be able to get their hands on him and, uh, and turn him back into, even if it's not like the true peak he had, like at least somewhere close to better than almost a five ERA pitcher also has a history of throwing a lot of innings. Uh, so you kind of get that workhorse aspect from him. I got two guys left here. One, Sean Manaya, another lefty this past season had a four, eight ERA, a little bit worse, even four, eight, two, I believe ERA when he was a starter at the beginning of the season for the San Francisco giants. And then by the end of the season was coming out of the pen and an ERA of about four, five, sorry, four, one, five, four, one, two, somewhere in that area. So uh, almost shaved off an entire run from his ERA when coming out of the bullpen, he was used as kind of like the, like, well, we're going to have an opener and then we're going to go to Manaya. And that seemed to help him a little bit. Um, so I'm not sure what the Tigers like. I don't have a gauge on, on what the Tigers interest level is for a guy like Manaya, uh, another dude who at points in his career has had really low walk numbers. Another guy who has really good extension numbers is a very large human being as well. Um, so I, I just I feel like with how weird his year was, his market may not be as hot as it could have been. 31 years old, maybe you can get him on a one or two year deal. Again, lefty, uh, still can throw, still can pump mid 90s with that four seam fastball. Pretty solid slider change up as well. Uh, if they see something that they think, hey, like when he moved to the pen, we can maybe adjust this a little bit and, and whatnot. And they think they can get, you know, 150 or even in 2021, he had a sub four ERA with 180 innings and almost 200 strikeouts. He's only two years removed from that. So I, I feel like that's somebody who might be on the table as well. But uh, one of my favorite pitchers here to take a serious, nice, long look at 
is Frankie Montas. And, and this is not the first time I've talked about this. Uh, if, if you're an everyday or two weeks ago, uh, maybe even longer than that, maybe it was even three weeks ago, I brought up uh, the fact that I wanted the Tigers to take a look at Frankie Montas. This guy's stuff is electrifying. It, it is absolutely filthy. It's dirty. It's gross. It's vomit-inducing. It's disgusting. And uh, I, I don't think you can pass on guys that have as good of stuff as he had pre-injury uh, when they're available to you. And he's only 30 years old. And pre-injury, this dude was pumping 150, 180, 190 innings. With nasty stuff, right? With a fastball that that got up to 97. So you have the velocity, you have the stuff, you have a track record of being able to provide innings. You have everything going for you, except the fact that he's coming off a major injury where he pitched, I think he only pitched like the one inning at the very end of the season this year. He got hurt in February and uh, and did not make it. Uh, back until like again like the very very end of the season he just threw an inning there and what was that the last week of the year so uh they they're gonna have to do their research they're gonna have to do some deep diving and and figure out what the the status is on Montas how he's feeling if the stuff is the same as it was pre-injury etc um but I'll tell you what (laughs) when this dude was on Right when when he was you know pre injury when he was when he was really feeling himself that there there was uh, really 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 good stuff ninetieth percentile in chase rate seventieth in K rate uh, better than league average in walk rate uh, I, I mean and again fastball velocity one of the the higher in baseball among starters he, he was a dog and I just that is the Fetter, London, Nieves have been given so many pitchers and, and, and gotten production out of so many pitchers that don't have electrifying stuff. I think we're all just waiting. Like, Scooble's a great example. Second half of the year, Scooble has fantastic stuff. And we saw he was literally, depending on what stat you use, the best pitcher in baseball from the 4th of July till the end of the season. Like, that's a real thing backed up by numbers. Um, and And I just, for two years now, we've been dreaming – and begging this organization to give this phenomenal pitching development staff at the major league level uh, somebody or multiple guys who actually are like plus stuff, like stuff on top of of anything else kind of guys and and see what they can become. And I, I would imagine there's going to be a market for Montas even with the injury, uh, but the injury is going to knock him down a little bit in value. At 30, you could even give him a couple of years if you're rather confident in it. I would imagine that his camp probably doesn't want a long-term deal because he's going to want to prove himself and then get back on the free agent market immediately so that I can get that longer-term deal. Um, but he's someone I would really like the Tigers to take a nice long look at. Okay, Some other names. We talked about Brandon Woodruff yesterday on yesterday's show, so you can check that out. Marcus Stroman I get asked about a lot. Ground ball first uh, doesn't have like – incredible walk or strikeout numbers, but is uh, is one of the best ground ball pitchers in the entire game of baseball, can go deep into games, gives you a lot of innings. Um, I'm not really sure he is the like profile that this front office is looking for uh, because he doesn't have uber good like strikeout or walk rates uh, in you know either direction, in, in their respective direction. Uh, but I mean, he is one of the better ground ball pitchers in the entire sport and would slot in very nicely 
there in the uh, in the middle of any rotation because of that. So someone to keep an eye out for there. Kyle Gibson, I think, is just getting a little bit up there in age. The stuff is is you know kind of a linear decline there. Uh, Martin Perez, another ground ball first pitcher. Um, who else? Michael Lorenzen. Some people want him back. I'm okay, honestly. We we got a player for him. He was really solid for us. Uh, honestly, after the no hitter, he like pretty much struggled uh, for Philly. So like, I'm okay with that. Uh, if they did it, I guess I would somewhat understand it. But I'm I'm okay. I, I don't need Michael Lorenzen back. Who else? Cookie Carrasco uh, getting up there in age. Kind of had a, on a steady decline as well as had some injury problems lately as well. Jack Flaherty, uh, 2019 Flaherty man was a absolute animal. Just hasn't really been the same since. Uh, still only 28 years old, Jack Flaherty, man. T- steep, like very, very quick decline. That's really unfortunate. Um, Noah Syndergaard, no. Johnny Cueto, no. Wade Miley, no. Uh, Kenta Maeda, maybe. Dakota Hudson, recently non-tendered by the Cardinals. No, thank you. Uh, walks more than anyone. I'm just like listing off names at this point. I'm just kind of going through the free agency list. Chase Anderson, no thanks. Eric Lauer, no thanks. And now we're to like Julio Tehran and Spencer Turnbull. And so that'll do it. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow, baby. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, whether it's through the uh, the Bird app. That, it's not even called that. Through the X app. That sounds not good. Um, or uh, YouTube comment section. That's where a lot of people like to... Uh, to voice their opinions, which I appreciate and love greatly. Yeah, let me know uh, what kind of starting pitchers y'all are interested in. Um, as far as the rotation goes, I think it's Mize. I think it's Scooble. This is not in order, by the way. Mize, Scooble, for now, Manning. And then, like, Reese Olsen's probably earned a nod there. And then you're going to need to go sign some starters. And I think you should sign multiple. I... I, I feel like I over-explained this, and I'm not trying to, to to do that, but you need innings. Oh, my gosh. So many people I, I see all the time on social media and in articles and et cetera are just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, these will be – this is our opening day rotation, and that's that. When was the last time you ever saw a starting rotation of five guys stay 100% healthy from start to finish? Right. It's been a while, Okay. You need starting pitchers. Go out and get some. Even if you like those guys, I promise you, I promise you, Sawyer Gibson Long will start a baseball game, probably multiple, for the Detroit Tigers in 2024, even though he's not going to be on my opening day rotation. Okay? I promise you. Because someone's going to have to miss time at some point. You think Casey Mize is going to come off TJ and then just throw 210 innings? Absolutely the heck not. No one on this rotation right now has ever eclipsed 150 except for Mize once, and it was barely, and he's the one coming off TJ. I just got really fired up for no reason at the end of this, but it's something that I just see all the time people do, and it's like, that's not, almost not even worth doing. You need like six or seven guys you are confident you can get innings out of these days. That's just how the, how, how the, the turkey crumbles. No, you get what I'm saying. All right, so go get some starting pitching. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers. Wow, long episode. I apologize. See you tomorrow. Love you.